LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Colleen Werner, founder and CEO of LulaFit. Colleen attended the University of Michigan, where she earned a bachelor's degree in dance and movement science. Always an entrepreneur at heart, Colleen started her first company, Fearlessly Fit Life, immediately after college. After noticing a gap in the fitness industry, she created LulaFit, a concierge fitness, to serve hardworking professionals at a time and place that was most convenient for them. She had been on a mission to give LulaFit clients the key to being healthy and fit ever since. Colleen has been teaching fitness, dance, and Pilates for over 10 years. She moved to Chicago to become a professional contemporary ballet dancer and spent her career dancing for an inside Chicago dance and most recently, Nomi Dance Company. She also received certifications to become a STOTTT Pilates instructor and a certified personal trainer. Mm, interesting. Clean has spent her life in a classical ballet and used Pilates, yoga, and weight training as a form of conditioning. At 16, she suffered from a devastating foot injury that temporarily halted her dance career. Ooh, ooh, ooh. During this time, Colleen discovered a new passion, therapeutic recovery and assisting others through strength training, writing, and inspiration. Facing her fears head-on, she recovered from injury, went on to have a professional dance career, and started a new sector in the fitness industry, concierge fitness and wellness. She invested her time outside of LulaFit as a rehearsal assistant for Nomi Dance Company. Colleen is deeply devoted to the arts and strives to provide artists working wages as service for LulaFit. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Colleen Warner. So Colleen, tell us what you do in one to two sentences. So I am the founder and CEO of LulaFit, and LulaFit is a concierge fitness and wellness company, and we make custom programs for communities, corporations, and individuals. Interesting. So that is for just big name companies, like enterprise level? Is that for smaller companies? Where is it kind of like the target market for you guys in that regard? Yeah, so we do a little bit of everything. Uh, we focus on creating really customized programs for any business that really wants to improve their culture and the health and well-being of their employees. So on the smaller end, you know, we work with companies with around 30 employees. On the larger end, uh, you know, 2,100 employees. Um, obviously, they're doing completely different programs, but we really like to come into the business and get an idea of how we can improve, how we can add value to their you know, organization and help them attract and retain clients, which, and, and sorry, talent, which we know is like the most important yeah. thing in a business right now. So. It's definitely a thing that's all about there. I literally had lunch with a friend the other day that said, she's actually in Shark Tank. She's like, I keep offering all these benefits to my employees, but they don't want anything. They don't want greener benefits. They don't want like lunches paid for. Like there's just a huge list of things out there that one company did, like LinkedIn does this, Google does this. I was like, we should go do it, right? Opposed to actually taking into consideration what people actually want. But then that comes down to sending out surveys that people have to respond. 
respond to appropriately and then like implementing it. So is that, is that how do you kind of target your companies then? Like do they come to you? Do you target them? Like what's kind of mix and match there? I'd say a lot of them come to us um, based on programs that we've done or after meeting with me or someone on my team. Um, also sometimes it can be people we're working with as individuals okay. and you know we'll meet that. We work with a lot of CEOs of companies. That's actually how we got started in, in the corporate wellness um, you know program. And you know, I think back to your point about you know companies trying to find a program that works for them. Like, I think that's what we do really well is we don't you know have just a blanket of services that we try to throw on you know all these different sized and shaped shaped companies. You know, we really try to go in and get to know their employees. Like, what do they value? You know, a company with millennials is going to have completely different values than a company that's got you know comprised of forty to sixty year olds because they're valuing more time with their families, time outside of the office, where millennials kind of want that culture within the office. And so we have to really, you know, weigh what's going to work and what kind of program is going to work for this consumer and this, you know, this employee and what's going to be really looked at as a benefit and not just a pain. And I think that's where a lot of times companies go wrong. They just think like, this must be a benefit because, you know, Google's doing it or LinkedIn's doing it. But you really have to look internally and say, you know, what do your employees want? And I, I think surveys are one of the best way to do that. We always like to start off our engagements with a kickoff event. Okay. So we can get in there. We like to do something really fun and engaging, like, you know, chair massages and happy belly mimosas or something that's, like, really eye-catching and people mm. are like, is this happening in my yeah. law firm right now? <laughs> What's going on? Um, but it gets them in the door and then we get to talk with them. Perfect. So there's nothing more valuable than someone from my team talking to an employee mm-hmm. and figuring out, what do you value? What do you like? Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Do you want to eat better? Do you want to you know, feel better? Are you worried about the ergonomics of your desk? You know, and then we put a program together from there. That's interesting to bring up eating better because I feel a lot of things when people like bring in treats or whatever. Like we're in a week work right now. We had like donuts and I went like I an know. hour after the donuts were put out there were still 50 of them out there. Yeah. Like, even everyone in the office of one, <laughs> there's still 50 left. Like thank you for there's donating. Half, half one, by the way. Just <laughs> But it's like, it's like you, you go there, it's like, oh, free food or, you know, whatever. That's not eating well. It's like things of that nature. So, like, when you do something like that, like the mimosas or whatever, how is that kind of related to improving? Is this more just, like, attracting them? Like, for us, happy hours, like, I mean, if you walk out there at 4 o'clock any day, there's a beer in someone's hand. Yes, I, I noticed yeah. that as well as I was sitting out there. Um, so, actually, so we do um, happy belly mimosas. Okay. They're made with kombucha. Okay, nice. Um, I mean, you can add a little champagne if you'd like, but it's really fun because people, you know, um, you know, feel like they're they're having this like special treat because it tastes delicious, um, but it's actually just beneficial for their gut health. Okay. Um, and it's something just fun that we can do. It's like a play on words, right? So people are like, we're having mimosas at work, and yeah. then we're like, well, kind of. <laughs> juice cleanses and fat diets. We are real people too. <laughs> we also have an office. We have a restaurant in our office, yeah. so we have to be really careful about you know, what we bring in. Um, and the reality is you're going to walk into your conference room sometimes and there's going to be donuts there. Um, we're going to help your company maybe 
pick a better option. Okay. Uh, maybe donuts are fine once in a while, right? I mean, everyone should be able to have a donut once in a while. <laughs> but I think it's just about finding that balance. Like, okay. when is it appropriate to have donuts in the conference room? Mm. And when is it more appropriate to have, you know, different snacks, like different, you know, maybe sandwiches mm. or um, some, some fruit. And so we kind of help companies make those decisions and help them find just a little bit more balance. It doesn't always have to be, you know, beer and donuts. <laughs> there are other options out there. Uh, and I think when we work with, you know, employees within a company to figure out, you know, what can I be eating, we always go back to what I call the social business diet. Okay. And it's a lot of like, how do you survive, you know, work life yes. and eat healthy? I mean, I talk to a lot of women. There's a really big stigma with women and drinking where, you know, if a woman is not drinking, it's really difficult for them to kind of like you know, have business dinners and lunches with, with their male counterparts or even some of their female counterparts. Um, there's also, you know, just a stigma for anybody sitting down at a, you know, closing, you're closing the biggest deal of your career and you're ordering a salad. Yeah. And everyone kind of just is like, oh, they must be on a diet. There's just an instant judgment that judgment that's made. Um, and so we really work with people um, and, and companies as a whole to want to just break that stigma wide open. Like, let's just talk about it. That's going to make it easier, more approachable. And if you're talking about it with your coworkers and your colleagues, then you're not going to feel as self-conscious about it. Right. Um, and then we also really like to to just you know give people super practical tips um, for you know surviving like again a big closing deal lunch where like you know maybe you're closing a deal with a company in Germany and these guys come in and they're like uh, they're going to drink me under the table. Yes. I'm <laughs> one of my favorite. I, I can tell you about in that scenario before. Right? So one of my favorite scenarios is we have people. Um, you know, they're really trying to be, watch what they eat or just watch the amount of calories that they consume, but they are in an event where, you know, they need to save face. They need to be involved. They don't want to be like the Debbie Downer in the corner drinking water. Right. So um, we typically have them, you know, when everyone comes around to do the first drink order, you know, just kind of say, you know, I'm still thinking about it. Um, come back to me. By the time everybody else gets their first drink mm -hmm. and you order your first drink, everyone's going to be getting their second drink yeah. while you're still finishing. So I just kind of buys you a little bit of time and no one's going to notice. Literally nobody will notice. Right. So I think that, you know, we try to work with people on practical solutions where they can feel comfortable and confident in any scenario and still feel like they're being healthy. And I think that's really like our sweet spot as well. Just practicality. Um, you definitely don't want anyone feeling like they're starving themselves. So what would be like the experience for like someone at a company that, I would say you came into like LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. What would be the experience for a LinkedIn employee experiencing something that you're providing outside of day one? So we love events. Okay. Um, so whether it's a, a lunch and learn, sometimes we'll call them power hours, just okay. kind of depending on the event. Uh, we love challenges. We are kind of like known for this right now yeah. in, in the corporate wellness uh, industry. So we don't like to just come in and like give a talk about, you know, nutrition. I mean, we will. We, we you know, we'll do that as well. Yeah. And we do have PowerPoints and visuals. But we love to like play games, like engage people in different ways. Like we'll play like two truths and a lie around nutrition, right? Like hot topics like fat, diets, you know, well, it's sugar. A fun game, yeah. yeah, it's a fun right, it's a fun game. Um, we'll do like build your own smoothie competitions and we'll literally have like ten blenders in the room and everyone will be, you know, blending up their own concoction and then we'll, you know, do like a taste test and we'll talk about what makes like you know, a balanced smoothie and what makes mm. some delicious and then some are like some people are like, I thought this is gonna be good and it totally went the other direction. And then um, you know, sometimes we'll like do prizes and uh, we've done like family feud style stuff, we've done um, memory games with mm. movement for brain health. Uh, we do a lot of 
is our bread and butter. Like that to us, that's like the cornerstone of a successful program. When you and the people you work with mm -hmm. get along and have core values based around things that are important, right? And health and wellness should be important to everybody. Yes. And if it's important to your employer, it's generally going to be important to you. And we think that if we can build community around that and bring people together, it's going to build a really strong corporate culture. It's going to keep people there longer. When they're comfortable and happy where they work and they mm -hmm. are connecting with the people around them, they're going to stay longer. Oh, yeah. We have you know, data to prove that that's true. Um, and so you know, I think that, that through events and through these activities, we get to really do that. Aside from that, we have a lot of corporate wellness classes that we'll do. Okay. So we have fitness classes. We'll, we'll provide yoga or Pilates, some even like high-intensity like circuit classes. Um, when there's a gym in the property that we're managing, you know, we, we love to get in the gym. We'll okay. do classes there. Um, and then, you know, of course, like massage is a huge part of yeah. our wellness offerings. I mean, it's probably one of our most popular services. I can't tell you how many, you know, massage events we probably do a month. It's, it's definitely one of one of our main services, especially in corporations. So um, it's a great benefit to your employees to bring in a massage therapist and do some chair massages. Um, and we, we like to kind of, you know, step up our game and do it around something else. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll have, you know, massage and nutrition or, you know, yoga and massage or something like that. So there's just a really, something for everybody um, at, at, you know, with what we're doing. So do you work with a lot of employers on like uh, the schedule it's going to be or is it more just like this is what we're going to do, expect it? Or do they kind of give feedback like we want this, we want that? How oh, yeah, we absolutely one? like to work with the employer to make okay. sure that the program that's being delivered is what they want. Okay. And the more feedback, I mean, they should know their employees, you know, better than anyone and they do. Mm -hmm. um, we, we work really well with directors of HR because they have a really good sense of like what everyone needs. Um, we also can work with them with the insurance company to make sure that they're getting you know, right. money out of it as well yeah. at the end. Um, and so, you know, it's really good for us to touch base with them. This is what we have planned. I like to plan like a year's worth of, okay. uh, of events. Like this is what our calendar for, you know, 2018 is going to look like. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, setting like a weekly, monthly, or quarterly like class schedule and event schedule to make sure that we stay, um, you know, online. And then if something comes up, like we want to do a fun run um, to get people excited for the Chicago Marathon, mm -hmm. then we can we can do that. You right. know, I mean, that, that's the flexibility that we have. But um, And we like to take feedback. So if all of a sudden we're three months into a program and we're like, we need to really change our approach, what we initially thought about this company and these employees is completely different mm -hmm. than the reality, yeah. then that's what we do. So um, I think, you know, we just have to be as flexible as possible, and that's how we deliver our okay. best product every time. Awesome. So how did you kind of get into this? Were you just like a businesswoman that's like, I like fitness, so I'm just going to dive into the HR world and take it by the horns or what? I'm so flattered that you think that I was a businesswoman. <laughs> I was like basically the opposite. As you come in in a suit. <laughs> I, am, I am wearing a suit. If you ask anyone that knows me, they'd be like, no, she's not. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I actually was a professional ballet dancer okay. for about 10 years before I started LuluFit. department and that's when I really got interested in fitness. I got injured a lot in my, yeah, in my ballet so. career yeah. yeah, and um, I was so frustrated at a lot of points I was like I need to learn how to fix myself mm -hmm. so I did. I went and I figured it out. I, I learned about the body better than anything it's funny because people talk about tech companies and tech startups in Chicago and I'm like well the body is my technology mm -hmm. and 
that's what I use to, to do my work. Um, so after you know, I came to Chicago, I was dancing professionally in many different companies, and um, you know, I really just working in the fitness industry to pay my bills because the arts are really poorly funded and dancers are always broke. So I was working in the fitness industry and just felt like there was something missing. Mm-hmm. There really just wasn't, you know, boutique fitness studios are amazing. I'm the client of many of them. Um, there's some big box gyms here that are doing really well and are awesome, but it just doesn't cover everybody. And for right. a really hardworking, busy professional who maybe hasn't stepped foot into an exercise class in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, yeah. There's just not a lot for them. And I really wanted to create a space where I felt like I could provide value for those people. Mm-hmm. And over time, I realized I didn't need a space at all. I needed to go where they were most comfortable. Which makes and sense. that's their homes and their offices. And so, you know, Lulafoot was born uh, doing, you know, actually videos, online training, and then kind of merged over into in-home training. Um, that's when we started working in residential, like, luxury high-rises, which is still a huge part of our business today, mm-hmm. um, managing the, the gyms and luxury um, apartments and condos. Okay. And then, you know, from there, again, like, our clients being the CEOs of companies, that's what brought us over to the corporate space. And, um, you know, today we're just kind of balancing both the, the corporate and residential. So it seems like you have a lot on your plate with, like, clientele. What size team do you have working with you? Because obviously this is all you on your own, giving 6,000 massages a month. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Gosh, not 6,000 massages a month. I, I, maybe one day, hopefully soon. But, um, yeah, so I have a team of, like, 33 okay. uh, people. We have, like, five people on our management um, staff uh, who do the work of 50 people. Okay. <laughs> I'm really lucky to have incredible, incredible talent, and some people will look at our list of things to do and say, wow, how do you, how do you guys do all this? And, you know, any of them will tell you, we don't sleep. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, our service providers, you know, they're, they're specialized. They're really niche in what they do. So we have amazing personal trainers, group exercise instructors. Um, They kind you know, they have a, they have a fearless leader, our director of program development, Kai Carlstrom, who is, you know, who, been an incredible addition to our team. Um, we have uh, massage therapists who are unbelievable. Um, nutri- our nutrition and chefs, chef team is also like unparalleled in the city. So I have been so incredibly blessed with finding like the people that make mm-hmm. you know the company you know beautiful, luxury, like seamless experience for every one of our clients. And um, you know they're really the product, so they make my life you know a lot easier because right. when I'm going out and, and growing the company, it's pretty easy because I have the best product in the market. So. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm lucky that I was able to find such just such a talented group, and we're continuing to grow. We we onboard. I'd say like at least one every other week, if not one person per week. Okay. So Nice. And so is that like a, do you have a sales team? Is that like all referral based? How's the business kind of coming for you that regard? So, yeah. So, um, so I was speaking about like our team, our internal team, we're onboarding about one a week and right. we're getting the business through. I, I do have a um, director of business development and marketing who has a little sales under her belt. Um, it's mostly me doing the business development and most of it comes from referrals. Nice. So last year, Lula Fit grew by 400% purely almost referral based. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, discussions we've had previously, 
marketing has never been my strong point. Social media has never been my strong point. Um, but I think, like, you know, we've always just tried to focus on having a really strong uh, service. And so for us, the experience that our customers have is the most important thing. That's what it's always been. And we just kind of, you know, are always trying to one-up ourselves, really, um, in the service department. So um, our trainers and our, our, our entire staff is trained um you know, really, like, the, the quality control is pretty ridiculous, especially in the fitness industry, but we work in, like, the luxury market, so we really need to be on top of our game. You know, I, I say Lula fits the Waldorf Astoria of fitness. Makes sense. Um, and we are actually, you know, our book was written by, you know, the team that's running the Waldorf Astoria. So, um, literally. So, you know, we, we really, we've kind of focused on that, and that's kind of how we've, we've grown. So, we are now this year focusing a little bit more on some more traditional sales and marketing things to reach some of the customers that we want to and haven't been able to yet. I'm a big proponent of like doing good business because even Chicago is a big company or a big city, right? If you do something that like kind of like blacklists you with one person, word spreads very quickly. Oh, yeah. And it goes the other way too. If you do good stuff, people will talk about it and come right to you. Yeah. So it's like, don't do anything sketchy. Don't do anything weird. Like just try your best and just uh, keep your head above water. If things are going to happen, like you know, things are going like, to go poorly, but it's like how you handle it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I, I try not to be too hard on my team because I am such a, I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> right? So we try to live by like, you know, practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. And if we practice, you know, well over and over and over again, like that's, you know, what, sorry, I say practice makes permanent, right? So that's what makes it, you know, that, that practicing like quality over time continues to like keep our products yeah. above, you know, what the, my standards basically. So if you can, if you can satisfy me, I have pretty tough standards. So <laughs> the, the fact that my team even deals with me is a, a miracle in itself. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's definitely one of the cornerstones of our business are, and our values. What are some of the challenges you've overcome in your business? Oh, geez. Today or? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what's the time period we're talking about? Um, you know, I think like on a daily basis, there are so many fires to always be putting out. We're a services company and we deal with people. Right. Right. So, you know, uh, technology looks at this point in my career like maybe that would have been a better option. <laughs> it's a little bit more reliable. But, you know, I think like just finding good people. And that was really hard to know at the beginning. I, I kind of uh, had a naive um, view on, on people. I, I, I knew myself. I knew what I what I wanted in the level of like quality and work that I was bringing to the table. And I kind of just assumed that everyone had that view and right. <laughs> outlook on, yeah. on life. And I learned very quickly that that was not the case. So I think that was one of my, my earliest challenges. And I think now it's, um, you know, controlling our growth to make sure that the quality that I worked so hard to build doesn't, you know, get lost in, in the shuffle. And I think that's something that, you know, I have my eye on constantly to make sure, okay, it's great to grow. Everyone's very excited to be growing all the time, of course, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I don't want to be complaining about the company yeah. growing, but it also makes it really, you know, I got to be on top of my game mm-hmm. to keep to keep everything, you know, running really efficiently and making sure that, you know, this, the Lulafit that you hired two years ago is better than the Lulafit, or sorry, that is, you know, it's yeah. better. It's today, Lulafit is better. Right, and so right. you've just seen the company and the and the quality go up um, as opposed to the other way around. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, startups, I'm using air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I don't like to refer to our, myself as a startup because people are like, oh, are you at 1871? And I'm like, everyone says the question. 
instruction. They wouldn't let me in there. I don't know how to use a computer. Um, but yeah, I think you know that's like one of the main challenges always, and, and um, I'm just hoping that we continue to get that piece right. Have you run into any issues of being a woman-owned company? Um, no, really? I wouldn't say issues. I mean, I don't see them as issues. I don't see many um, problems with uh, being a female CEO. Right. I think that, you know, probably one of the biggest things I run into is when we are hired by a client mm -hmm. or when I'm introduced to a client from, an, you know, another client. Yeah. There is the first reaction of, are you, are you, are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a little bit younger than most of our clients are and I am a, a woman. Yeah. Um, but I think after they've been around me for about 30 seconds, they can sense that I'm not thinking about that. Um, right. So I did have, at one time I did have somebody, someone's assistant ask me, um, I went in for a meeting, I walked into the lobby, or to the, you know, their own little lobby, and she said, oh, just have a seat here until your boss arrives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an interesting uh, redirection into, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I am the boss. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I whatever is happening here with like, you know, Happy to you know be riding on the coattails of all the ones who came before me and were able to you know pave that path. So I mean, well, my friend said something in a panel I hosted. He said he only he asked people and he learns about companies how many women executives there are in the company. If the answer is zero, he doesn't work with that company. Wow. Yeah. I gotta meet this guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, it makes so much sense. It's like if you can't promote a woman unless you have like one executive, right? Right. If you have multiple, like there's no reason a woman isn't qualified to some degree to be there. Yeah. And obviously I don't like force someone in this spot, but like there's no way you can't find the talent to do that. Yeah. And have an additional like thought process in that yeah. regard too. I feel like we have the opposite problem at Lulufit. We have one male on our management team and every time, you know, we keep, I, I don't know, it's like we're just attracting these like unbelievably talented women. Um, and since he came on, we've gotten a lot more male trainers, which is so funny. So I'm like, oh, you're finally evening the scale down a little bit. I don't want to be an all-female company. You know, right. We definitely need balance, but um, it's really interesting to see how you know, like you just attract the things that are um, that I think that you put out. And mm -hmm. so um, I've had the absolute pleasure of hiring, um, you know, some very, very strong and talented uh, women on my team. My number two, Taylor Bryant, is like one of the coolest. Well, you had the pleasure of being here. Yeah. One of the coolest, strongest. Like I don't even know. She's probably going to be running the country in like 20 years. So I'm just <laughs> so. It's really cool you have that dynamic. Like, I've had people report to me before, and they're like almost like twice my age, and like twice as smart as me by far. And I'm like, I went with this, this guy's house, and like, I met his kids, and they're all in like high school. And I'm like, hi, I'm like your dad's boss. And I'm like, what? <laughs> but I'm like, I learned from you, like, you're smarter than me. I hired you for the right reasons. Like, yeah. let me handle the executive stuff. You handle what you're good at, right? Absolutely. It's like, what people don't understand is you don't need to control everyone beneath you. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am like that. I'm pretty, well, you know, passionate, strong, and talented, mm -hmm. and, you know, if they can, they can 
help the company and my team, then that the role is theirs. Like they, they get they get to own that, and I don't need to tell them, you know, how to do their job. I just need to show them how I do mine, right. and hopefully they can we can learn from each other. So I'm definitely growing as a uh, manager of a of a company. That's for sure. As my company continues to grow, but. Um, it's been a fun process. From the growth perspective, where do you kind of see the company in five years from now? Because you guys are just Chicago right yeah, now, right? Yeah, yeah okay. yes, yes. So it, you've kind of hinted at where I think we're going. I, I definitely um, see us as a multi, you know, multi-city market mm-hmm. uh, company. Um, yeah, so I think that that's definitely the next step. Um, you know, in the immediate future, I always feel like, you know, focus on the task at hand yeah. and really, you know, like Chicago is my home. It's I'm not from here. I'm actually from Detroit, but I feel very connected to the Midwest and to mm-hmm. Chicago, and it's such a great city. Like I've accomplished so much here. I feel really passionate about making it a better place and mm-hmm. contributing to like the overall you know culture of the city. And so I'm really excited and just honored to be able to do that. And when it's time to go to other cities, then I'll you know be excited be excited to be on that journey as well. That's such an intelligent answer. Like I've been with like a handful of people who want to like run startups whatever like we're just gonna take the world by storm and be like the greatest company of all time i'm like no you need to focus like exactly said i'm what you're good at make sure you have like a good baseline and then grow accordingly i've actually hosted like networking events on like scaling appropriately for tech companies here in chicago yeah so heard horror stories left and right like we just got x amount of money let's go hire all these people oh wait we didn't hire sales people oops we don't have the revenue to cover this now like, yeah. yeah yeah and it's it's kind of what i said before you know i mean i remember you know several months ago actually it wasn't too long ago i sat down with one of my mentors and i said i'm worried that our growth could be the demise of us what do i do (laughs) you know and and it was a matter of me saying i need to stop growing for a minute i need to get into my office i need to go rip off some band-aids fix some processes processes and procedures that can handle where we're going Mm -hmm. And then continue to go from there. And I think that that was such a good, I got really lucky that I learned that on a smaller scale because I saw it coming really quickly and, you know, was able to kind of stop it in its tracks. But I can see, you know, launching to another city or trying to take the world by storm because there's so much energy in a startup. So you really feel like that, right? Like there's so much energy around your team. There's so much energy around your brand. So I can kind of see, you know, you're in that take the, let's take the world by storm phase and all of a sudden the world is taking you yeah. <laughs> and your company and all your money with it. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I try to remind myself that every day, you know, focus on, you know, what we're doing and, and do a good job. And mm-hmm. I think that the rest will come. Makes sense. So as like a listener, someone who's interested in LulaFit, mm-hmm. what's the best way for them to possibly implement like some of your help at their company? Yeah. So, um, you know, the first thing is, you know, figure out, is this something that like your company would be interested in doing? And if you're not sure, I mean, mm-hmm. the first place to, to start is by either talking to someone on your team, you can talk to the like, director of HR, you can talk to the, your CEO or some executive level um, person, or if you don't even feel like you're ready for that stuff, you can call us. <laughs> we can talk you through it. Um, so we obviously like have normal business hours, like 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, people can can go on our website. All of our information's there. It's lulafit.com, L-U-L-A-F-I-T. Lula means simple, by the way, so simple fitness model. And um, yeah, we're happy to like talk with, with any people about, you know, is this a good fit for their company? 
company? Is this a program that they can have in their building and their you know life in general? Um, we like to do like a walkthrough with people because sometimes we go to spaces and they're like, we don't really have room for this kind of stuff here, and we always find something that they haven't <laughs> seen before. So um, yeah, and then you know just general questions, comments, concerns. Um, you can shoot us an email at hello at lulabit.com. Perfect. Anything else you have to leave our listeners with before we sign off? You know, just do something tomorrow that will like benefit your body, even if you're stuck in a cubicle all day. So get up, walk around, like you know, get some fresh air. It's beautiful, you know, spring, summertime in Chicago now, and and uh, remember to find some balance in your life because it's it's really important, and we only get one body. Awesome. Thanks, Colleen. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Just absolutely incredible episode. This was a ton of fun for me to interview Colleen. Um, obviously, I have ties with fitness through the Triple F podcast, but also a lot of ties to the corporate world. Um, I work in HR for a long time, and I really kind of see the different parts of making culture great, what people can really get from their company, ensuring people are actually enjoying themselves, staying healthy, and being productive. It's just so easy for me to see the impact that she's making all around the Chicago land area. Super excited for her growth. I really hope you took something away from this interview. And it was absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that we had a chance to bring her on to the show. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at StakeHall. StakeHall is a social wagering app for the next generation. With StakeHall, you can easily challenge your friends to games of skill or even be a third-party judge between mutual friends. Stake your hard-earned cash, a night out in the town, or even just your dignity. They strive to be one of the most entertaining and most interactive social wagering platform on the market. StakeHall is an app that you download on the App Store. Uh, right now it's on iOS only. It's soon to be coming into Android where you can challenge your friends to some fun games. I've challenged some friends to a game of ping pong. I've challenged some game friends to a round of hot wing eating contests. Right now I'm in the challenge of Movember. Things of that nature. Absolutely incredible. Ever have that friend that takes a bet with you and then at the end of the word doesn't want to pay up and says, Bro, we never shook hands? No longer a problem with StakeHall. You can put it up on social media, share it with your friends, get a third-party judge, problem solved. Check them out at stakehall.io. That's S-T-A-K-E-H-A-U-L dot I-O. Or go to the iOS and iOS store and download them. Stakehall. Check it out now. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. Thank you.